This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm joined by just Dan today. Unfortunately, no Kevin. I uh, got his wisdom teeth out, so we're both thinking about you, buddy. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, but Dan, for very rough start to the first game of the year, the Patriots go down 20 to seven. The offense looked pretty lost, other than the first drive. A lot of mistakes all over both sides of the ball. I thought the defense held up pretty well for the most part only giving up 13 real points to that high-powered Miami offense but just not the start you look for to start the year what do you think Dan yeah I mean defense was solid I was happy with that I I thought the secondary wasn't really going to be able to hold up uh Tyree Killab you know was getting the ball a ton but he didn't really like kill us you know and then we give up that big chunk play to Waddle that's really like the only big mistake we made uh defensively but yeah, I mean, just on offense, we were just shooting ourselves in the foot constantly. Um, I don't know what happened because, I mean, that first drive, we had a great rhythm. We were moving the ball down the field with ease. You know, very unlucky on the interception. Max throwing a jump ball. You know, questions over whether Parker was interfered with. There was certainly some grabbing, but, you know, you see stuff like that happen with no flag all the time. And then just a great play on the ball, and there's a guy there to, you know, catch the deflection. and. Right from that point, uh, I knew this one was going to be tough. I had a feeling it was going to be similar to the Week 15 game last year where, you know, we show a little life, but it's not enough. That's pretty mm-hmm. much exactly what happened. Um, yeah, and I mean, it was kind of just – it was like death by a thousand cuts, really, watching the Pats. We didn't get, like, steamrolled, but we never felt super, like, in the game. And it just – everything was self-imposed. We had a fourth down early that, you know, we they stayed on the field because – Carl Davis hopped offside, just like tons of little things like that, missed opportunities, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously the big storyline with Bourne, it was just weird that he ridiculous man never played. And then, you know, good on him to come right in and make a huge play. Basically now have everyone freaking out. I bet he's going to play, like get all his normal reps back against Pittsburgh uh, this weekend. But, I mean, if he hadn't come in and made that huge play, who knows what next week would have looked like for him. So that's definitely something to be a little bit worried about. Yeah. I just – speaking of the board thing while we're on it, I hate that Matt Patricia has that power to hold him out of the game already, whether he missed a meeting, whether he – the fights in practice or when he got kicked out in practice because he was wearing the wrong gear. I completely hate that Patricia has that power. Bourne's one of the best playmakers on the field, and clearly we missed a guy who can kind of stretch the field or take a ball to the house on a slant play. We've been talking about it a lot, and that offense just – it feels like every yard they pick up is so hard, dude. Like, when they're in a third and 13, you just I just feel like, oh, they're just there's no chance at this, man. Someone, no one's getting great separation. Mac is struggling in the pocket a little bit. Mac's arm doesn't look all that great either. I don't know what's going on with that. But like you just said earlier, we came out the first drive. All you heard about all camp and all offseason was how bad the team and the offense looked and the preseason games that didn't look great. Started hot. I was like, okay, let's go. This train's running. Here we go. And like you said, Mac threw up a 50-50 ball. I thought it was a little underthrown. There was definitely a questionable call there. The flag could have went either way. But if that ball's in the back shoulder to the outside of the corner of the end zone, I think uh, Parker has a better chance of getting it. But I don't mind taking the shot there. But like you said, right after that, it was all downhill. And then you had the killer uh, strip sack of Mac that led to a touchdown of the Dolphins. 
just a lot of unlucky plays. You had Jack Jones, or was it Jack or Marcus Jones? There's so many Jones. In that Jack, game. it was but Jack. Jack letting Tyreek moss him on uh, before halftime, and then that play a couple plays later led to that big touchdown by Waddle mm-hmm. to end the half, which was a real killer. It was fourth and nine. What are we doing there, man? That was that was real tough to watch. And then I felt like there was a couple fumbles that fell out of bounds. Uh, things just weren't. Yeah, the Dolphins way. fumbled like three times, and I yeah. think there was a dropped interception. There was two because the Jack Jones, and there was one that was going to land right in McCordy's hands. But uh, I think Miles Bryant reached out with one hand and like deflected it instead. Yeah, just some tough breaks our way. But no matter what happens, dude, you're not winning any NFL game scoring seven points unless no, it's ten degree weather and forty degree winds like last year in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's just pathetic, man. And I don't know where it starts. I don't know if we need better playmakers. I don't know if it's Mac. It's definitely part Patricia and the play calling. It's it's just worrisome, man. It, it wasn't the start we were hoping for. I know it's a long season. And the first few weeks are always an extended version of the preseason for a Belichick coach team. But, man, it, it's this was tough. This was a tough one. Yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to be a difficult game. So, like, the loss itself is so much of a backbreaker because you almost kind of expected it. Um, but now, I mean, looking ahead a little bit to this week, like, we cannot afford the season to start 0-2 and, and then have to go play the Ravens and the Packers. Like, we could be 0-4 very quickly. And then at that point, like, Lions didn't look so bad against Philly. They were staying in that game. They put up a ton of points. Like, the schedule doesn't have a really breaks in it early if we're going to struggle like this. So we got to turn it around right away with Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And like you said, we got to come out and play good against Pittsburgh. We got to get the ball rolling a little bit. Uh, last podcast, we all mentioned that, you know, the Pats go down early. It might be a tough uphill battle. And for the first quarter of the game, they were against the Dolphins. They were hanging in there. Then they went down 10 nothing. Doesn't it feel like, a two-score deficit feels like a 30-point deficit with this offense. There's just yes. no – there's no star power. There's no it, – it's it's honestly – it's tough to watch at times because it's, like, boring. And it's – I'm not going to go on a tangent about Belichick and the game passing by. Everybody in Felger and Mass talk about that. But you look around the league, like the Vikings' new coach getting Jefferson wide open. They're rolling. There's so many young offensive coaches that put a system into these new teams. And they look great. And I'm not saying I want Belichick gone. He's the best coach ever. But – it's a frustrating thing watching a second-year quarterback with Matt Patricia calling plays because I don't know what to expect, and it might ruin Mac going forward if this offense can't come together. Yeah, I mean, I, I, everyone's known it all off-season that we've just done Mac zero favors, and I don't know the offense just looked stiff, you know. Um, Very. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think anyone expected anything much different. Like, with Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator, it just from the jump, like, wasn't a good move. And now we're stuck with him. It stinks, too, because, I mean, it's kind of the same story. I don't want to compare Matt to Trubisky, but you saw what happened to Trubisky in Chicago. He had a good rookie year, and Matt Nagy kind of slowly ruined him for a couple of years, and now he's. It was a backup role. Now he's kind of starting gig for a little bit in Pittsburgh, but I'm not jumping to conclusions here. But it's pretty detrimental to a young QB. And I think this year is going to show. I mean, we all talked a lot of crap about McDaniels when he was here, but I really wish he was still here because I was Mac's guy. And it's, I think Patricia's also coaching the offensive line. So I was hearing that every time Mac would go to the sideline, you know, how the offensive coordinator and the quarterback 
always discuss the previous drive and go over game plans and stuff. Apparently, Mac was sitting with Hoyer a lot. So I'm sure because mm-hmm. Patricia's got to deal with the O-line. He's got a lot of things going on. It's just tough, man. I, I never think I'd say it, but I, I do miss McDaniels. I, I would take back the third and ten draw and screen passes all day long. But, man, it's we got to get something going this week. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just – do you feel like maybe when Josh went, we were kind of had all our eggs in the Bill O'Brien basket, and then once that fell through – we were like, yeah, kind of too late to, like, go get somebody else. Like, I don't really like any of the candidates, so let me just bring in some guys I know, i.e., you know, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. Absolutely. And I think it's even worse because instead of taking a chance on a young offensive candidate and going find – there's somebody out there you can get. But instead, Bill goes out and gets his buddy buddies who just failed as a head coaching game and goes, goes and gets Patricia – and Joe Judge, his best buddies, whatever. And it's – you knew from the start when they hired him. I know we heard all the bad things in the offseason. But I guess as a fan, I was hoping for a little more coming into the game. Maybe they had a new game plan. And like we already mentioned, the first drive looked great, but all those plays are scripted. So usually teams start off hot because there's a list of 15 to 20 plays that they're going to run to start the game. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the script ran out after on the second and third drive, then you really notice Patricia's play calling. Uh up front. So, and one more thing too, while we're still on this game, uh, it just stinks. And there was a couple times, you know, first and 10, we'd come out, throw the ball and complete pass. And then when you run like an outside zone play or a toss play and lose four yards. And like we already mentioned third and long, there's just no chance unless Mac throws a 50, 50 jump ball to Jacoby or something which Jacoby had a great catch, which bailed us out on one of the drives, but it's like, man, it, it feels so hard. And it's so, such a struggle to watch. You watch other teams around the league, the quarterback scrambles out of the pocket, hits deep throws, guys make huge plays, catch runs. It just – we don't have any of that. And the one guy who can do that was in the doghouse because Patricia has his head up his – his, his head in his ass. Just too much control. It, it's very frustrating, man. Yeah. I, we're, we are not a team that is in position to be sitting a playmaker like Kendrick Bourne. And I understand that, you know, he's done some, did some things that, you know, will get you in the doghouse for a little bit. He gets in a fight. Then that same week, he shows up late to a meeting. All right, whatever. But we kind of, like, already saw some of that in the preseason. Like, it's like, how long is it going to last? Like, yeah, he came late to a meeting. Yeah, he got in a fight in practice. But, like. I don't know. Is that irredeemable? Are you going to just hold that grudge forever? If he doesn't go, if the Pats had won and he stayed on the sidelines, would he just never play this year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and it's like, I, I this was know. a month ago. This is not like it happened a week ago. This is a yeah. month ago, man. It's the preseason. Like you said it perfectly. We can't afford to have one of our best playmakers sit on the bench as our offense struggles. And apparently Kraft took note of it. I'm hoping Kendrick Bourne gets much more snaps than he did. You know, in the one play, well, he came in two plays. In the second one, he came in in the fourth quarter, caught a 41-yard bomb down the sideline. Like, there you go. Mm-hmm. That, see, that's that's exactly what we're missing. And it's it's frustrating, man, that Patricia has the power to set him like that. And I hope that doesn't happen anymore going forward. All right. Well, unless you got anything else on that, we can hop into our week two preview across the league, get our picks going. Um, last week, Kev got the win with seven out of 16 correct. Adam, you had six, and I had a pretty bad week with four, but hopefully 
we can rebound this week. Starting it off with the Baltimore Ravens at home taking on the Miami Dolphins. Ravens are the three-and-a-half-point favorites after that win against the Jets last week. Adam, who you got? I'm going Baltimore here. I didn't really see too much from that Jets win because the Jets are pretty bad. Bad at starting Flacco. Uh, Lamar did play really well, and I think it's pretty interesting that they're home, and it's only a three-and-a-half spread, which uh, I feel like it'd be more. I guess Vegas has given some love to Miami. But I will say Miami's offense kind of struggled against their defense, only scoring 13 actual points, and then – that little blunder before half. Uh, I like Baltimore here. I just think it's going to be tough for Tua to keep up with Lamar in that offense. Yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore here with the three and a half. Um, I just think they're the better team here. I think Miami, um, you know, they did get the win, obviously, and they were in control of that game. But I think a better team, uh, you know, would have blown us out. I think we played really bad. I don't think we played to a point where that should have even been 20 to seven. I think it should have been worse than that, especially at home for the Dolphins. Um, I do think they are a good team, but I think Baltimore pulls this one out. I'll take the Ravens, and Kev is taking the Ravens as well. Next game, we've got the Cleveland Browns at home taking on the New York Jets. Browns won in an insane fashion to beat Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. Wild game there. They are the six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Who you got? I'm going Cleveland here. Uh, just no faith in Joe Flacco. I know they had a great win in spoiling Baker's revenge game. I think Kareem Hunt and uh, Chubb, that's just such a duo. It's going to be tough for the Jets to stop them all game long. And like I mentioned, I don't have any faith in Joe Flacco. So give me Cleveland here. Yeah, I, I wanted to take the Jets. I really did. I You know, the Browns weren't that. They got it done, but I don't think they're that impressive of a team with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. So six and a half points, you know, I think the Jets are solid enough to compete, but with Flacco under center, I'm I'm just never going to trust them. So I got to take the Browns here. And Kevin is going to take the Browns as well. Next game, we've got the Detroit Lions at home taking on the Washington Commanders. Lions are the one and a half point favorites. Adam, who you got? I'm going to the Commanders here, and don't look now, but Carson Wentz, four touchdowns, 300-plus yards in his first game as a commander. He looked pretty good in that receiving core with Dotson, Curtis Samuel out of nowhere for the first time in a couple of years. He looks healthy. He looks good. And uh, obviously Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson had a solid game. I think that offense actually, maybe we were underrating the Commanders just a little bit on um, the preseason. I know that's a long season. It was just only the first week, but <clears> – <throat> I like the direction the commanders are going in, and I did want to take Detroit here, but it just seems like they always get down big and have to make a big comeback and always come up short. So give me uh, the commanders and the points. I'm going with the Lions here. I'm going with Dan Campbell. Um, I was really tempted to do it last week against Philly. Logic told me no, and guess what? Logic was wrong. They just barely covered that three and a half. Philly looked like they were going to blow them out. Detroit hung in that game. I did not think they had the offense to do that. Um, and while the commanders had a pretty solid win last week, you, you know, you mentioned it there, the offense looked good. Jahan Dotson looks great. Um, I think that the Lions are going to be able to get this one done, taking Detroit. And Kev is going to take Detroit as well, minus the one and a half. Next game, we've got the Indianapolis Colts, minus four and a half, heading to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Adam, who you got? I'm, ro- I'm rolling with Jacksonville on the points here. Jacksonville's at home, the home underdog in a division game. 
I wasn't all that impressed with the Colts. I know Pittman had a huge game, but they ended in a tie with the Texans. So, I mean, unless something changes big time, I don't have a lot of faith in them right now, especially in a divisional matchup like this. I also don't have a lot of faith in Jacksonville, but if I rewatched uh, Travis Etienne's all of his snaps and his highlights, he dropped a couple passes. He could have had an easy touchdown. I think the Jag- uh, Jaguars definitely could have gotten a win over the Commanders last week if it wasn't for some mistakes. I just think in this matchup, division game, home underdog, I like the points. So give me Jacksonville. Yeah, the I mean, the Colts game last week, it was just weird. You look at the box score, Jonathan Taylor ran for like 150 yards. Pittman had a monster game. You would think they won easy, but, you know, the offense just couldn't capitalize early. They got down quickly, and then they had the chance to win it in overtime, and Rodrigo Blankenship ultimately ends up getting cut because he missed it. So definitely weird to see him tie with Houston week one. I'm going to take the Colts here. Um, I think they are a good team. I think that was just kind of a fluke game. Maybe Matt Ryan's still getting used to things there. I just can't see them dropping another one here. I know they've had trouble in Jacksonville in the past, but – you know, I think that week one was kind of the Colts letdown game. At least for this early portion of the season, maybe we'll see another one when they have to clinch a playoff win. And Kevin is going with the Jags, plus the four and a half. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Bucks are the two and a half point road favorites. Adam, who you got? I'm going to do the one thing you should never do. I'm going to bet against Tom Brady. I'm going Saints here. Uh, it seems like the Saints have Brady's number in the four times they've played other than the playoffs. Uh, the Saints always come to play. Tom struggles against the Saints. But the main reason I'm taking New Orleans in this game, I think all of the Bucks receivers were either limited or out of practice this week. So I don't know if Mike Evans is healthy. Julio was dealing with some kind of injury. Um, I guess we'll see. I know Godwin's going to be out for a little bit. I, I, New Orleans, the home underdog. I, I want I want to go Tampa, but I just can't. The Saints have Brady's number. Uh, give me New Orleans. I'm taking the Bucks here. Um, you said it, you know, hate picking against Brady. I picked him on our sheet last week, um, but once the game actually started, my roommate's a huge Cowboys fan, convinced me to ride with him, and I lost some money betting against Brady, so I'm not doing it again. <laughs> um, taking him against the Saints. I just think, I, you know, I agree. It's definitely worrying that, you know, you saw Godwin leave that game early. Mike Evans doesn't practice today. Don't think Julio practiced today either. The defense, though, and I know part of it was, you know, Dak Prescott not playing well and, you know, certain aspects of the Cowboys offense not being able to get going. But to hold that offense to three points was super impressive. And I mean, the Cowboys, after the first drive, when they got that field goal, they were really never even like threatening the Bucs. The Bucs just had them totally under control. And, you know, they missed a ton of opportunities where, that game could have been a real blowout. I mean, they, what was it? The first four drives they got into the red zone, had to kick field goals. They put those five. away. They, they, yeah, they put those away. They win this game like 30 to three. So I'm taking Tampa Bay here. Um, I know the Saints have given them fits in the past. I know a lot of that's Dennis Allen's defense, but Sean Payton being gone definitely matters in that regard, I think. Kevin is going with the Saints as well, plus the two and a half. Next game, we've got the New York Giants at home taking on the Carolina Panthers. Giants are the two-and-a-half-point favorites after their win in Tennessee. Adam, who you got? Give me the Giants here, man. Home favorited by two-and-a-half. Saquon looks like old Penn State Saquon, man. He looked unbelievable in that second half uh, last week. Running hard. He looked quick. He looked rejuvenated. Looks finally healthy. 
it, I don't know how Carolina is going to be. It looked like Baker made some mistakes last game. I was watching the game with him. my buddy who was also a big Panthers fan, and he didn't have anything good to say about how that team looked. Uh, they kind of struggled. I know they could have got pulled away with the win against the Browns, but they let the Browns come back and beat them right at the end. But I like the Giants here. It looks like Dayball's got that team going. There's some fire in that team. And, Dan, are, are the Giants back? Are the Giants back? I don't know. Give me the Giants, though. <laughs> I'm taking the Panthers. The Giants are not back. This is going to be their letdown game. Everybody's high on them now because they beat a good team. Saquon looked unbelievable. That's not a game that they should have been in position to win. The Titans had chance after chance to actually put it away, had a chance at a winning field goal. Fat Randy, Randy Bullock, pushed it wide. Um, and the Panthers should have beat the Browns. You know, the kid in Cleveland pulls out, what was it, a 60-yarder to win that game. Panthers started that game terribly. They came roaring back. Um, and I think that, these are two pretty equal teams, if I'm going to be honest. So I just like taking the points here with Carolina. And uh, Kev is going to go with the Giants. Next game, we've got the New England Patriots heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Pats are the one-and-a-half-point road favorites. Uh, TJ Watt tore his peck last week, so the Steelers missing one of their better players. Adam, who you got? Yeah, Najee's also up in the air, but I looked. He's leaning towards playing. Yeah, he, yeah. He was full in practice. Today, okay, so, so there goes. That's tough, but uh, this is a pretty surprising spread. The Pats are <clears throat> favorite on the road. I don't know. I'm not feeling all that confident in the Pats. So I'm. I hate to do it, but I'm going Pittsburgh in the points here. Their defense, even with uh, T.J. Watt, Minka had one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life uh, last week. All the tackles, the pick six, blocking an extra point to keep them in play. It was unbelievable. And I think that defense, Mike Tomlin always coaches those boys up well. They're going to give our offense fits. Uh, we can only score seven against the Dolphins. I can only imagine how many points we're going to be able to score against Pittsburgh. So I hate to say it, but give me Pittsburgh in the points. I'm taking the Pats here. Um, last week, it was kind of a pity pick, to be honest with you. This week, I do actually think that they win this game and cover. I think TJ Watt being out is absolutely massive for us. Um, and just looking at that Steelers team, I mean, the Bang I know they got the win, but the Bengals really played one of the worst games they could have. Joe Burrow had five turnovers, and they were only able to score 20 points in regulation and still probably should have lost that game if Minka, you know, doesn't make that heroic block or McPherson doesn't miss a chip shot in overtime. They got bailed out. That should have been the easiest win ever, and they made it super hard for themselves. Um, I'm just really not worried about this Steelers offense, and I think that's the perfect team for us to be playing where we can score 13 points and probably be right there in this game. I, I see us winning this like 16-13 or something like that, and obviously, as I said before, for a struggling offense, not going against the defensive player of the year is massive. Yeah, screw, um, screw the spread. Take the under, guys. Yes, I agree. Uh, Kevin took the Steelers as well, plus the one and a half. Next game, we've got the L.A. Rams at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Rams are the ten and a half point favorites. Who you got? I don't love it, but I'm going the Falcons here. Ten and a half just seems like a lot. And I know the Rams look pretty bad to open up the uh, year against the Bills. The offense struggled. I think Matt Stafford's arm injury is a little more serious than we all could have thought, but it just seems like a lot of points. I do feel like this could be a rebound game for the Rams. I think they'll win, but I think Atlanta keeps it closer and under the 10.5 spread. So give me Atlanta on the points. 
Yeah, ten and a half definitely feels like a lot after seeing just how much the Rams struggled last week. I think part of that is, you know, the injury to Stafford. He definitely didn't look good. Um, but I think another big aspect of it is just the Bills are really, really good. And the Falcons are no Buffalo Bills. So I think the Rams come back this week, blow the doors off Atlanta, and they do cover this ten and a half. Kevin's got the Falcons uh, plus ten and a half as well. Next game, we've got the Seattle Seahawks heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Did not expect that Seattle would be the 1-0 team and San Francisco would be 0-1 after taking on the Bears and Broncos, respectively. But here we are. Seattle, 8.5-point underdogs. Adam, is Geno going to continue to cook? I'm rocking with Geno, man. What a game that was. Came down to the wire. I can't believe they let... Uh, what's his face? McMahon has kicked that bomb of a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and five with their $250 million new quarterback in his old stadium. But I'm rocking with Seattle here. Eight and a half seems like a lot. Uh, Trey Lance, still a lot of question marks about him. That last game they played against the Brown, uh, the Browns, the Bears. It was a monsoon. Uh, you can't really take a, get a lot from that game. No one, none of the quarterbacks can really throw, but it just seems like a lot of points here. And I, I'm rocking with Gino, so give me give me Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle here as well. Uh, you touched on it there. Trey Lance didn't look very impressive. I know that the second half of that game turned into, you know, all the crazy rain and stuff, but the 49ers had the lead going into that, and Chicago was the ones that were able to get it done. Um, now you've got Elijah Mitchell. He's going to be out for a couple months, so – Trey Lance can't really lean on that run game so much either. It looks like Kittle's still hurt. Things are just not looking good for the 49ers. Eight and a half is a ton of points coming off the back of that performance. I'm going to roll with Geno Smith in the points, and Kevin is going to do the same. Next game, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Bengals are the six and a half point favorites. No Dak Prescott's going to be Cooper Rush for Dallas. Adam, who you got? Yeah, you said it right there. Cooper Rush for Dallas. I'm going Cincy here. This is a bounce-back game after Burrow's five turnovers and the loss against the Steelers in week one. Uh, six and a half really doesn't feel like a lot. I know Dallas is at home, but they're going against Cooper Rush. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. Uh, it's as simple as that. I like Cincinnati here. Do we think Jimmy G ends up in Dallas at some point this year? Mm, I think it's it made it, Jerry Jones made it sound like Dak could be back in six-ish weeks. So I, I, it all depends on what they'd have to give up for Jimmy. I think if they want to continue to win and be competitive for the next month and a half, that would be the best move. But I don't think uh, Jerry Jones wants to give up all the draft value it may take to get Jimmy for a few, only a couple weeks. So, Yeah, they're, they're trying to say that he could be back in just four weeks, um, which I don't think that's going to happen. But I guess they aren't putting him on IR so that they can get him back that quick or like something like that. I don't know if he'll be ready for that. Um, But I think really what they're doing here, especially with an owner like Jerry Jones and, you know, how this team looked week one with Dak, I think they're just giving Cooper Rush a game. I think the Bengals are going to blow them out on national TV. I think Jerry Jones is going to get embarrassed and panic and trade for Jimmy G by Monday afternoon. That's my prediction. So I'm I'm taking Bengals minus six and a half. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting next week for the Cowboys. Kevin is going with the Bengals as well there. Next game, we've got the Denver Broncos at home taking on the Houston Texans. Broncos are the 10.5-point favorites. Who you got? A lot of points here, but Russ's first game at home 
Denver, going to give them a nice warm welcome. I think this could be a bounce back game. I'm taking Denver here. I know it is a lot of points, and Houston played really well against the Colts, but the first half, Denver really struggled, and they came out in the second half and started taking some long shots to the set, and I think that's most of their offense. You know, Russ is a great deep ball, and I think those receivers will be ready to go. Uh, it's Denver's coming out party. They've been waiting for a star quarterback since the Manning days. It's been a while. That crowd's going to be fired up for us. I'm taking the momentum. Give me Denver. I am going to take the Texans here. Um, Broncos looked super unimpressive against Seattle. They had chance after chance to put that game away. They fumbled at the one twice. Um, and the Texans looked pretty solid against the Colts. They had a big lead in that game. Certainly could have gotten the win. Uh, Davis Mills, he's just a very solid quarterback. Um, and I think that they're not going to win this game, but they can lose by 10 here. I'm taking Houston in the points. Kev is going to take the Broncos. Next game, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams lost big games last week. One of them is going to be 0-2. Raiders are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I really like the Raiders this year. Uh, it was a tough start against such a good Chargers team, but I'm rolling with Arizona in this one. I think this has the potential to be a high-scoring one, especially after the stinker that the Cardinals put up last week against the Chiefs. They got steamrolled all game, but I just feel like this could be a bounce back for them. They're not as bad as they played against the Chiefs. I think Kyler Murray and those boys with Hollywood Brown and James Conner always do for a touchdown every game. Uh, I think this could be high scoring, and with that, I like to take the points. So give me the Cardinals. Adam, do you know what this weekend does? What is this weekend? It's Call of Duty Beta Week. Oh, no. I am not betting on Kyler Murray. Oh, no. Give me the Raiders. <laughs> Give me the five and a half. His head's going to be turned. He's going to be distracted. Some late nights before the game. He's not going to be watching his four hours of film. Give me the Raiders minus five and a half. Kev's going Cardinals as well. What a great point, Dan. Oh, man. Thank you. you. I try. (laughs) Sunday night football. They do it to us every year. It's Bears-Packers. It's going to be an awful game. Packers are the nine and a half point favorites. Adam, who you got? I'm so sick of this matchup. I'm so sick of this. Why are we watching? Why do we are forced to watch Chicago get their asses kicked by Green Bay every year in a primetime slot? I'm going Green Bay, angry Aaron Rodgers. Lost a tough game against the Vikings. They, all of their new receivers didn't look all that great. Uh, bounce back game. Chicago's not going to be able to hang with that offense uh, in Green Bay's at home. So give me the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really – I don't know what to think about this Packers team because on the one hand, all the new receivers look terrible and the Vikings just demolished them. Justin Jefferson did whatever he wanted against Jerry Alexander. But on the other hand, we remember what happened last year. They lost to the Saints by like 40 points. Everybody said they were finished. And then it just turned out to be a fluke game. They turned it right around, had a great regular season. So obviously there's more changes with this offense now, but I don't think this necessarily spells the end for the Packers and definitely going up against the Bears. I think they get it done. Taking Green Bay minus nine and a half. Kev is going to do the same. Two Monday night football games this week. The first one, Buffalo Bills at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. Bills are the nine and a half point favorites. Who you got? Nine and a half is a lot of points here, but I got to roll with Buffalo, man. They look unstoppable. They turned the ball over, what, four times against the Rams and still won by 21 points. That is pretty ridiculous. 
Tennessee just choking against the Giants in the second half last game. I don't think they have a lot of star power to keep up. I know Derrick Henry's great, but they really can't. It doesn't seem like they have any offensive weapons outside of Derrick Henry. I know Traylon Burks looked pretty solid in another receiver. They, uh, I forget his name, but he's going to look too bad either. And they have Robert Woods, but I don't think they have the star power to keep up with this high-powered Buffalo offense. So uh, give me the bills here. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo here as well. They just look super impressive against the Rams, and I think the Titans are much worse than the Rams. Uh, it's not a ton of points, so, yeah, pretty comfortable with taking Buffalo here. And uh, Kev is going to do the same. Next game, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles at home taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Eagles are the one-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I'm going Minnesota here, man. They looked unbelievable against the Packers. Darius Smith was out there with a ton of pressure on Rodgers. Justin Jefferson looked absolutely unstoppable. And this could be a dark horse team that could come out of the NFC. I know Kirk Cousins in primetime isn't someone you want to bet on ever. But, like, seriously, that offense, that team looks unbelievable. Philly is also good, but they did uh, they did let the Lions sneak back into that game to make it close. But, I'm really liking how Minnesota's looked. Uh, so give me the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings here as well. I was super impressed with them week one. Um, Philly is a dangerous team. I think with Dak going down, they're going to be able to win that division this year. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked great against the Lions, but the defense to allow Detroit to hang around in that game – I don't know. I don't. Now you got to take on one of the most explosive offenses in the league. I, I just don't like it. I like taking Minnesota with the points here. Kev is going to go with Philly with the uh, one and a half. So, with all that out of the way, we can look ahead at um, Patriots, Steelers in Pittsburgh. We brushed on a little bit before. Super important game. We can't afford to fall to 0 and 2 before this tough stretch of our schedule. What do you, what do you think about this game? Well, I mean, I got to see the offense get going. Uh, it was a tough game to watch week one against the Dolphins. I really just want to see <laughs> put a couple drafts together. Let's see if Kendrick Bourne get in there and make some plays. I want to see some big throws down the field for Mac. And just the defense to do their thing. You made a good point when we were doing the game picks that uh, Trubisky and that Steelers offense really didn't do much to capitalize on those five turnovers the Bengals had. And they only scored, what, 20, 23 points total. So I think that's definitely playing into our favor, but I just this is all about the offense, man. How are they going to respond to that tough performance? Uh, let's get the run game going. I want to see the ball in Jono's hands even more and give Max some time. And I just I, I got to see some more firepower from this offense. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty worried about the offense. Basically, everything that we were concerned about kind of reared its head against Miami. Um, now you've got Mac Jones dealing with. He's got like a little back injury. He was sick today and didn't practice. So Mac isn't a hundred percent. Ty Montgomery just hit IR. He's our only touchdown scorer this year. So pretty worried about the offense. Again, no TJ Watt takes like a huge burden off of our shoulders, but they still have Cam Hayward. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick. Like it's still a Mike Tomlin coach defense. This is going to be tough. It should be tougher than Miami for our offense. But the only bright spot is that their offense also doesn't look very good. And I think that we can, you know, hold Mitch Trubisky in check. And, you know, all we, we just need – I said it before. We just need, like, 16 points from our offense. That's all we need. 
and we're going to – they're going to turn the ball over at some point. The Steelers are going to turn the ball over and basically hand us an opportunity to get some of those points. So all we got to do is just keep our heads down, put points on the board, and not make stupid mistakes like last week. Absolutely. I limit picks, no fumbles. Take advantage of the short field when Pittsburgh gives it to you. Like you said, they're going to turn the ball over. I think Trubisky is good for at least a pick. Maybe someone else will fumble. You really got to take advantage when the field's short, especially with our struggling offense. We really can't move the ball 80 yards down the field easily anymore. Uh, take the points when they come. And, you know, one thing about the Miami game before we continue on with the Steelers, I thought it was so cowardly when we got in that red zone on our only score. Three straight plays, just passes, dump off passes to the flats. No shots at the end zone, no nothing. It was, it was that was even more frustrating. You know, you I don't know. It's let's see us go down the field, let Matt cook five wide, maybe even get to two tight end sets out there, get into a rhythm early. You know, you don't want to struggle and then the game plan goes out the window. I want to see him come out, throw the ball, run the ball effectively, and kind of just get the momentum started from the first snap of the game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Before we get out of here, Adam, let's do some predictions. What do you say? Let's do it, brother. All right, give me give me the score prediction. You can hop into the max stat line if you want as well. Let's hear it. Okay, I'll start with the max stat line. It's always fun. I'm thinking 23 of 34, 248 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not thinking any picks this game. I think he'll come back a little more focused and hopefully the game plan's a little better this time around. Uh, but I do – have Pittsburgh winning 23 to 20. All right. Well, I, I said it earlier. I'm going past 16, 13 in this one. Um, <laughs> I think Mac is going to go, I'll say 16 of 29 for 148 yards and one pick. He does not throw wow. any touchdowns. We score them both on the ground. What an ugly stack game. Ugly game. It's going to be an <laughs> ugly win, but it's going to be a win. It's going, yeah, to, be wins a, a win. it's going to be a very Patriots-Mac Jones win. We can't afford to be picky about wins at this point. We'll take no, them any way we can all. get them. Exactly. All right, man. I think that'll do it. We'll catch you guys next week. We'll have our you know week three preview, our thoughts on this game, and we'll be looking ahead to Baltimore. All right.